On today's episode, Dave interviews actress Mary Beth Monroe. Mary Beth has appeared on the film The Backup Plan and the television show Workaholics. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. <laughs> um, no, when it, when it, when we, end up, we end up starting, and it often happens is like we'll just start the conversation. Not just that, oh. not that, that, not that at all. But the idea of uh, someone will go, oh, I didn't, I didn't want to say all that stuff before. I, I was just like, it's in the, so, so now I'm going, and we're going now, and now we're starting now, and now. But I know for me, uh, I'll talk about it. I don't have, uh, uh, I don't have, I don't have that burning in my loins to have children. Yeah, you never, never. I, n- I don't, and here's the thing. I don't have kids, my brother doesn't have kids, and my sister doesn't have kids. Wow, three, all, all three of us don't have children. Interesting. And it's not like, it was because our parents were, our parents were great. Yeah. My dad was great. But none of you great. wanted to, none of you wanted to pursue parenthood. No. But you, you know, you also are a teacher, you have lots of students, and mm-hmm. I wonder if that just was really fulfilled for you in a different it's way. It's been very fulfilling. That yeah. is tremendously fulfilling. And, yeah. And, and, uh, uh, and when I was married, uh, and I remember when I uh, when I separated from my wife, she sent me a huge email asking questions, and the questions were things like, um, "What am I going to tell our niece and nephew when they get older? What happened to you? Um, who's going to teach me about jazz music? You know, who's going to oh teach me about God. classical music? Who's going to take care of us when we're older?" And that in itself is huge right there. Like, who knows? Like taking someone to take care of you when you're someone older? Someone to take care of you when you're older. Like yeah. that sort of thing. Someone to take care of you. Because when you're coupled, and I'm, I'm going out with a, with, with a woman, and she's young and healthy and all that. Um, and I never think about it like, thank God that she's so much younger than I am. Because when I get older, I'm going to need someone to take me up the stairs. Um, <laughs> You know? That would be a really dismal way of looking at love. It would be. It would be. But but looking at that, I think a lot and of people never do say like, that to her. No, don't well, she'll ever listen to this. She'll bring listen that to up. It. She'll go, yeah, she knows. She knows. But it's really great to have the support. Uh, it's great to have a partner because of the support. Yeah. You know, and you and and your partner and the support that he gives you, mm-hmm. and he's just and he's also, he's such a collaborator and artist. I love his voice. And I'm not going to, you know, keep talking about Andy Cobb like that. But it's like I just love his voice and I love his point of view, and that is just so encouraging. And yeah, and coming from the same place, I think, is the same what we were being, saying: being Second City right. and being, you know, the world of improv comedy. Right. Just having that um, history has, I think, is an amazing support for a relationship. It's, and he totally gets what we do. You know how difficult it is. How insecure you can be right. and to have a total understanding and support in that way right. is something I think I've been really longing for. Oh, and I so love great. improv dudes. I, I just love improv I dudes. I know you do. I, I know you do. I can't and you, help myself. And, and you, you've been connected to a, to a, a few, few of them. Of them yes. that, and really yes. good people yeah, too. I know. Really, really good people. Yeah. And I feel the same way about relationships that I've had too. My ex-wife, we were married for 14 years, she was not an improv person. Um, and I think that at the core of that was, um, we we didn't know how to talk to each other. Yeah. Because not only was she not an improv person, but I wasn't of her world as well. That's the school across the street. Okay. The bell going off. You can stay here. I was like, here. that's a very got, interesting ring yeah, on the telephone. I gotta, um, I gotta get to recess. That's really. <laughs> it is recess. Um, it's all recess. It's all, um, life is recess. The, the, the idea of being able to communicate with somebody, being able to listen to somebody. And, and what I like about Andy, and it's what I like about you and the work that you do and the joy that you bring to the work that you do, is, is it's like you look at something and you don't look at it and go, how... This is going to work. I think that you look at it and go, this is going to work. Yeah. And let's see how we get there to exactly. make it work. As oh, opposed that's great. to as opposed to here is my agenda. Mm-hmm. I mean we all fall into that sometimes of like but I do thank you for saying that because I do really try to go like what's gonna happen? Right. And what what are we gonna create together or what are we gonna how is this scene gonna go? How right. is this relationship gonna go? And right. and not and I do try to do my best to not come in with any we all have history and backstory and stories that we right. like to tell ourselves about a situation or the That's work so or people or right. relationships and we love and all of our baggage but I do try to 
curb it when I come into any situation. It's really interesting that you say you know, the way that you Try just put to. that because, well, it is a practice. It's a practice. It's a practice. Yeah. And, the, and the idea of coming in and saying and realizing that the story that you're telling yourself is just, is, is just that. It's, it's just, just your story. story. It's not mm -hmm. your blood type. It's not, you know, uh, your DNA. Your marrow. No, it's, it's not. not. It's just your story. Yeah. And, and somebody said it the other day where they said... And it's probably not true. It <laughs> probably is not true. It's probably a big, fat fable, you know? And exactly. And somebody, been t somebody mentioned it the other day. They said, um, they called it the myth. Mm -hmm. It's your myth. Yes. What is your myth? Mm -hmm. And to be able to as an improviser, to change that myth and to work on something else. And the people that we've worked with, just, just the show yeah. that you and I did in, in Detroit together with the Second City Detroit, and all those people who at that moment we crystallized in a way that everybody was, oh my God, everybody was just open to whatever the fuck it was going to be and we laughed our asses off. So it was uh, Keegan-Michael Key, uh, Michael, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, Antoine McKay, uh, Mark Warzeka, uh, you, uh, who am I missing? Um, uh, Cherry? Sherry Van Heuvel. Sherry Van Heuvel. <laughs> was that it? Yeah, uh, Kif, wasn't Kiff Van Kif was Kiff oh. was my, my, uh, my, 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 uh, assistant. my assistant director. Yes. Was that it? And then Mark Evan Jackson? No, he was no, gone. No, no, Mark yes. was gone. Mark um, was gone. But I that group yeah, right yeah, there... Yeah. I hope we didn't forget anybody. That group right there, we we laughed every day. We said yes Kirk to Hanley. everything. Kirk oh my Hanley. God! I know. <laughs> oh, I'm I can't sorry, believe he Kirk would Hanley. kill. He would kill oh me God. if I forgot oh him. Oh my God, Kirk, we're so oh, sorry. So we're sorry, so sorry, Kirk. So I love sorry. you, Kirk Hanley. Kirk Hanley. Kirk Hanley. Um, but all those people were just so open to everything. And when we're when we surround ourselves with that universe, and the interesting thing about that universe was, it's not a universe that was put together because we all went, "Hey, we like each other." That universe was put together because somebody said, "I like you with you and you with you and you with you," and that cast was put together, and everybody loved each other. We absolutely loved each other, and the energy that you, Dave Rosowski, brought to us and brought to that room was outstanding. I was just reminiscing with Keegan-Michael Key the other day about certain select fantastic stories that you <laughs> totally central centralized around you regarding, uh, <laughs> do you remember when, that, when they were bringing in people to watch our rehearsals? I don't remember that. Well, they were, God bless, they were bringing some people in to watch our rehearsals. Who's they? Who's they? Like the, the producers? The, like the producers. And uh -huh. I think they would just, I think it would just be people from Hockey Town, the restaurant that was attached to the, to the Second City at the time. Right. And they would bring in people and like, this is our theater and we mm -hmm. would be in rehearsals. And I just remember, uh, it, it was getting very frustrating and we were all very frustrated. But and not I think because we all, of, not because, not because of, of anything us. that we no, were doing. No, no, no. We right. were just like glue, peas in a pod. But right. I just think our, rehearsal process being interrupted unnecessarily right. and we were having so much fun but I remember uh, just one time they, they come in and they had left and you were like I'm sorry this is getting ridiculous and we, we need to talk to some of these people because they can't be coming in here I hope that woman gets a motherfucking pain in her motherfucking arm that no motherfucking doctor can get rid of <laughs> <laughs> one particular like woman that kept bringing these people in and you're like what is the problem i love the idea of like it's like i don't know doctor there's something with my arms like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm buddy. sorry we, we have just, no idea what this pain is caused from and then there was another story just really quick if i can reminisce yeah, yeah. is uh there was you went to the dia which is a beautiful museum in detroit yes, and, yes, and you were yes. very impressed the, the art institute right, yes and you were walking around and i and this woman was there with her son mm -hmm. and um you had told us the story in hindsight but the woman was there with her son and she was looking at a statue of, a, a naked statue of a man. I don't think it was like a, a imitation of David or something, but very similar, like, you mm -hmm. know, the junk was out. It was right. a classic piece. And she was, the boy was staring at this, this piece of art and the mother was like, what are you doing? Starts yelling at this little boy, what are you doing? Stop looking at that. What are you, a little pervert? Da, da, da. And you came in and you go, I mean, this is damage, psychological traumatic damage that this mother is doing to this son. Like, so appalled. And Yay. just, it was just so, uh, your, you, I just remember you getting upset or angry in that process was such a lovely release for all of 
us because we're all on edge wanting to write a show and you're just like. That was a major part of it. Like for me, just looking at all that, what I really realized during that show was if you throw the tension and the pressure that everybody is going through at one time, we've got to get it off of us and we have to put it on somebody else. Yes. Put it on Hockey Town. Put it on Little Caesars Pizza. Yes. Put it on the Illiches. Put it on all those things. Put it on Detroit. Put it on the auto industry, yes. but keep it the fuck off of us. us. Yes, absolutely. Um, I also, but then we would dabble in completely ridiculous things like Lame Circus. Oh, Lame Circus was just the most, the greatest no, thing. It didn't and make I, the show. It did not make the show. And the great thing about, about that was we entertained ourselves in the back, ro- in, in the back room, like laughing hysterically over oh um, uh, the, the, uh, the sober Irishman. So it was a sideshow, the sober Irishman, and the lights would just come on and Kirk Hanley or somebody going, no, 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 no thanks, not I'm, for me. T- I'm totally I'm sober. Fine, I'm, fine. I'm on the I'm wagon. Fine, fine. Or the tattooless woman. Yes. And it's like, would come on. It's like oh, not no, a one. Not one. I don't have anything. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, the man with the sense of smell. <laughs> it's like you don't want to drink that. You don't want to drink that. that. That's right, sour. right, right. Um, <laughs> the 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 man with the head of an adult of a grown boy. Up boy. <laughs> the man with the head of an adult boy. It's like, what? That's crazy. Block your head. And we were laughing our asses off, and we showed it to the audience, and they, they hated nothing, it. <laughs> nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing at all. Do you remember, <laughs> um, do you remember the wedding, my wedding anniversary? Your wedding anniversary, yes. And and you had a singing telegram. Oh my God, that, that story. I still tell that story because that story was, has a lot to do with that idea it was really of sweet. feeling magic. Feeling magic. So the idea was it was my wedding anniversary. I was, uh, we decided to go out to drink and I was yes, like, I need I to be with somebody. Yes, I believe the Old Town, Ty Chicago, right. um, the pump, the pump tavern just down the street. We wanted the... to go to that and then oh, we and decided then we not else? to go to that. And then, like, at the last minute we made a change. Okay. And we went to another place called something, Avenue or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But I, uh, the story was, uh, every, I just didn't want to be alone. I wanted to be, you know, I, I missed my wife. I missed all of that. And we and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but we went to this, um, we went to this bar and we're all standing around this bar. It was a second choice bar. I remember thinking it was a second choice. It wasn't the first, we were going to go somewhere, now we're going to this place. And this homeless woman walks in with this ratty yes. white sheet on and her hair is just greasy and red hair. And I'm going, and she walks, she beelines right up to me and she says, um, David, and I'm like, I looked around like, how did she know my name? Right. And she said, um, and she started talking about details of my marriage. Yeah. And I'm going, what the fuck is going on? And everybody's standing up and you guys were like, it was perfect. You all were going, are you okay? Is everybody okay? Right? I'm like, I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what's going on. And you were just, everybody, the cast was standing around me. I'm going, and she's saying, and then, and then oh my God. And then she, she started singing singing a song or something yes. that yes. she wrote with my dad's name, my mom's name, my dog's name, both of my dogs, Katie in there. And at that moment I'm going, I'm thinking, and the most beautiful feeling was, Aww. at that moment I remember thinking, this is magic. This is magic. And love. And love. And I, and then she took her, that sheet off, and she was wearing a Superman outfit. And it was and a like singing wings telegram. or something, right? Yeah, or no, so, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, a fairy. It was just, it was, yeah, she was a fairy, Superman, red-haired, homeless lady, who was. But it was none of that. <laughs> Keegan and Keegan and my wife set it up, and I swear to God, Mary Beth, at, at that moment, I look at at, at at that moment, I felt like if if I f- just grew wings right now and flew away, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Because right. that was at the point it that I go, beautiful. it was really it beautiful. It was a really I, sweet moment. Oh my God. And Thoughtful she was and, great. Yeah. And you guys were so into it too. Yeah. And, and, and for all of us, like none of that can be taken away from us. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. And the idea that we bring that into everything that we do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so fondly back at the Detroit part of my career because mm-hmm. I think it was the most innocent and precious in mm-hmm. the sense of we were just doing it because we loved it. I don't think anybody, I think of course we had the, maybe those flickering thoughts of like, well, we are part of the second city, which causes these amazing careers and these amazing people come out of it. But we were so removed from that, right. d- delightfully so right. removed from that, that we could really foster our own community. And right. it was just about 
what are we doing and how do we do it and let's make it great and hours didn't matter. We would we would spend if equity if equi- the union had really tracked us, we would be we would be in, I not we would be in trouble, but they would be like, "What are you doing? Right, right. Why are you, you doing this? Shouldn't right. be spending twenty. Go home. You shouldn't be sleeping in the green room. I know, right? You know, like you should go home because this is not allowed by our union. <laughs> but we'd be like, "What are you talking about? Though I have to transcribe twenty scenes, right? Eighteen of which will not make the show, right? But I'm just going to do it anyway. There might be a nugget in there. Oh, but there always is a nugget in all oh, of that stuff. Yeah. And and so now you're you're. You have this great, you have this great career. You have the great show. Is it fun? Oh my god! It gosh, looks like it's, it's fucking fun. And I know uh, Adam was a student. I think Adam was a student of mine at Second City yes. here in in Hollywood. I, uh, wasn't Anders as well, or no? Yeah, Anders, I don't. I don't remember working with Anders. I don't remember, but I do remember those two guys going. Look at those guys. I mean, they reminded me of. Andy Dick and Dino Stamatopoulos. Like, oh, do you know those guys at all? I don't know. I know Andy Dick, but yeah. I don't know. Andy and Dino had a two-person thing that they would do for a really long time. But Andy and Dino were just fucking whack, 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 fucking whack, Dark. whack. Yeah. Well, not just that, but you look at it, and you go like Andy Kaufman sort of stuff. And, yeah, and I yeah. remember them being at, uh, at Improv Olympic in Chicago, and and I was looking at Andy and Dino, and there was a show, and they were they were doing some kind of show. I don't know why what, what, I was watching it. But I remember thinking, what the fuck? Yeah. What are you doing? There's nothing here. Yeah. What are you doing? Have we heard of scene work? What right, is exactly, happening? Exactly. There's zero What the structure. fuck are you doing here? Right. And it's like, you're doing the fucking That's just dog. a jar of mayonnaise you're emptying. Like, <laughs> exactly. what is happening? Right, exactly. And where's, where's the punch? The satire? And then the lights would come down, and the audience would go, what? Condiments. Right. Like. <laughs> exactly. Not even. It's like the lights would come down and go, barber shaving. Like what <laughs> are you talking about? But but uh, but Anders and Ant like those. Would you get guys, mad? Understand. Would you watch? I got really yeah. fucking mad. I remember I got so fucking mad. I got so I mad because it's like, how dare you waste my time? But it was also <laughs> at Chicago at that time. Uh, anything goes. Yes. Like anything yes. would fucking go. And it sounds like they were trying to break from structure. And, and what I loved was about so it was fun. right. And and you know Andy uh, Andy uh, Andy has his own own demons, and I think that he'll be the first person to say that too. But it's that idea of looking at that and saying. Okay, so I, don't know, I might have told the story about this woman. Did I tell the story about a woman in a in an art gallery who was looking at this painting? It was just a white painting. Have I told that story at all? Um, so it's that LACMA. And it's basically one of these white paintings with like a blotch on it, yes. and that's it. And this woman. So you know, you go through the. I know I told this story. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll tell it again. again. I haven't again. heard I'll it. Tell it again. I'll tell it again. So we're walking. So I'm walking behind her because you know you go to this gallery and you're walking behind somebody, and you, when you're in an art gallery, it's at LACMA. And this woman looks at this painting, and goes, "What? What is that? Oh, that's just horrible." And she goes through the gallery and she's talking to her friend and saying. How can that be art at all? What yeah. is there? There's nothing going I on do there, that. Right, right? That sort of yes. thing. And she and we're walking down the stairs, and we're, and she's going. She's still angry about it, and she's going. You know what? That totally meant nothing to me. That meant nothing, and I was going. Right, it meant nothing to you. Yeah. Look at all the energy that you're putting into being yeah. upset about it. So when I saw Andy and uh, Andy and Dino. It got me upset about that. Then I went, oh, you fuckers. You, you, you did fuckers. It. You fucking did it. You got me. You got me. You got me you emotionally got me. reacting or exactly. being connected or right. having a response. And right. I and mean, at the core, that's really what it's all about. It is all about that. It, and, and I always felt like, oh, we need to put it in a context. And the context sometimes is there is no context. Well, and plus the 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 two-person show you're recollecting from your Chicago experience is the one that made you the most angry. You're you may you're not re- recollecting right now that brilliant scene work that you know so and so so and so did that which you've seen a thousand times. That's really But you're true. remembering this really bizarro tag team. And I think that it's really important, like as an uh, for what we do to go. You know what we did, we have, and again I keep going back to this idea. We have no idea how we affect anybody mm-hmm. and it's what you were talking about earlier the idea of and it could all be a lie we could all it be could wrong all about be the story the myth yeah. of the, whatever we're going to be telling the fiction we tell ourselves that is ourselves yeah and it could all be a lie and not that, a lie but just like we're wrong yeah and that goes back to you know really knowing yourself and i think that's a lifelong process of getting to know yourself and who you are and being solid in that so then the, when you hear this myth or this story you're like well but i know this right. is true and right. this is my truth. So this story I'm telling myself about the the strange face someone made after I said something is not this 
backlogged story. (laughs) And it's like they don't even, wouldn't even remember that. But it's just, we're we're very creative, especially improvisers, especially actors who are always looking for the story and the intention and the premeditated action and like how we connected with someone. And and we are awesome with making up awesome lives. And our insecurity and our ego. So couple all of those things together. And we get, and, and, and to go, we need all of that in order to work. I love how Marin, Mark Marin, do you listen to WTF? I actually just did a guest spot. You did a guest on spot. his show that is coming to IFC. Yes. Oh, I love it. Oh, on his show. Uh, yeah, he Great. got he's gotten he's got picked up for like ten episodes. Nice. That is kind of based on his podcast right. and his um, relationship, mostly his romantic relationships. But Great. But it's it's IFC. It's animated, right? No, no, it's, it's not. Live. Yeah, I love it. I thought it was. That's great. And he, um, he uh, uh, shot it all in his neighborhood, so it was mm-hmm. all in Eagle Rock. Ha- Eagle Rock. And IFC, I guess, did Portlandia, and since the success of that, they want to do more That's scripted great. material. That's great. So they're giving this a shot. It's very Louis feeling. It's right. very. See you you know? where we are right now. That yeah. wasn't what I was going to talk about. But, oh, sure. But, but, the thing but is I like, do know Mark Marin, yes. Let's and, hold on to that because yeah. I really I want to go back to that. But yeah. Marin, you know, I, I, I can weave this both in together. Marin <laughs> would start his podcast by saying, like very often will say things like, are we, are we okay? Are we okay? And, yeah. he, and the guy's going, I think we're okay. It's like, oh, okay, great. I want to make sure that we're okay. And the guest would say, <laughs> Why, Why wouldn't, wouldn't we be, be okay? Yeah. It's like, no, no, because that thing that happened over in New York, when it was like, no, well, I don't remember that. It's like, no, of course you wouldn't remember that. And then suddenly you're, there you go. Yep. We're not okay. Yep. And how great. We just made this piece. thing happen. Yeah. We just made and this thing happen. And how many times has that happened either with you, either in your mind or with someone where you're like, I remember this story where I was a huge dick right. to you. Right. Whether purpose, not purposefully or not, maybe purposefully. And it stuck with me all these years, and that person's like, Don't just vapid, it. looking right. at you just, I have no idea what we're talking about, and right. this luggage you've carried around forever. Look at that. It's hilarious. It is luggage. I, I love that. But, it's luggage but all those around. stories, I do, one, one great thing that someone said to me about being an actor and being an improviser, being in comedy, is that you have to be very strong, obviously, to go through this industry, but you also have to be able to be extremely vulnerable at the right. same time. And I think I would always... I think I would always get into a place of beating myself up about my vulnerability and being so open and kind of having my heart out there to be hurt. Um, and it's, but it does help you in the work. I mean, it helps you in the work to remember how angry you were at oh, someone right. or how much you loved someone or betrayal and all of that, and be able to tap into it immediately. And, and I, I, you just I, have to you have to tap into it at the appropriate times. <laughs> but here's the thing: to look at That's all those things. That's the trick. And is I the think appropriate the important time. thing is to uh, another thing is to look at all that stuff and to say. The gift that I get in my life, the emotions that I experience are gifts to me. And they're not anything to be shunned. I'm going to be angry. That's just something that yes. I'm going to have. I'm going to have that anger. I'm going to have that jealousy. I'm going to have that. that but I'm also going to have that lust. And all the um, lust and love and, 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 and the envy and the humiliation. And all those stories and, and all those stories that happen to me, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. And the stories that you're telling me that I don't remember, you know, I just, it's like, well, that makes sense. I would totally, that totally <laughs> makes totally sense. You were totally appropriate in those situations. Uh, absolutely. It, well, it was that. It was you also, were making very awesome observations. I, it was. And it was like, you cannot hold me back. But one of the things was I wasn't from Detroit. I didn't understand Detroit. Detroit looked like Chicago exploded and then everyone left. And it's like, what the fuck happened downtown? I remember and, too, you going, there are trees on top of the building. Right, exactly. There are trees growing on top of buildings. Because Just no one's away. there to, yeah. no one's there. No one's there. Where we took, remember it's taking like that. nature taking over. Well, there do you remember is. going in and taking photographs in that a garage that used to be a movie theater? Yes, that was so beautiful. It was, I mean, it, was yeah. a, it was an old movie palace that they just removed the seats and made it into a garage, but not in a nice way. No, no. But it, it, I guess it was beautiful in a tragic way. Is it was why, tragic. I think of that. It was it's totally just this, tragic. Like, so when you're living in that situation, you can't help but be, I couldn't help but, but, but be so inspired by all of that. Mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah. Yeah, and then getting to be creative and comment on it in a socially political way, right? You know, 
Yeah, right. it was such a really incredible time. I, I think back to that all the time of almost like the most innocent right. of, of my career and the most innocent and the most raw and the most like, I don't know what I'm doing. Is this funny? I don't know. You know, like, let's see. As opposed to like now having knowledge of like, oh, that works and that doesn't work and be able to, you know, to make more uh, conscious choices. Those were the most unconscious choices I've made. How much of that, of the work that you're doing right now, how much of that um, is what's written and how much of that is what's improvised? We, we get to, we, they definitely encourage us to improvise. Mm -hmm. um, it, the boys improvise like crazy. I mean, it's, it's very much encouraged, very much allowed, and we really go for it. I think um, it's a matter, and you know this too, just of, it's a matter sometimes personally for me to know when it's appropriate to do so. You right. know, because of the character I play, I kind of um, I'm responsible for a lot of the inciting action or a lot of the exposition. <laughs> right. So I tend to play when I can. It usually ends up being in calling the boys the most creative negative names possible. <laughs> I usually have like <laughs> runs on those. Um, that are the, improvised runs on those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just you know. Oh, that's so, and there's so. There's just a joy between those two guys. Oh, and all three, a... all four of them. Yes, I mean, yes, our yes, director yes, yes. and and the three boys. They just are. I really admire what they did. They they created. Um, they showed. Uh, they get to show everybody this amazing friendship right. that's for real. Right. And they put that down on paper. And then on top of that, they've created their own vernacular. And they've tapped into, I think this. Um, this demographic, uh, this 18 to 24 year old kind of what are we doing with our lives, where do we go mentality that that is just so relatable even beyond the 18 to 24 year old demographic. I mean we have fans, I have, I've had, I was, when this show came out I was like it's gonna, be, I'm gonna get approached by lots of young men mm -hmm. that are going to look at me and say hey tight butthole. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Thank like uh, uh, take it sleazy, you know, like that. That's what I thought primarily. But I'm surprised every day at at you know the the age range and the people who appreciate the show because it's just fun and it's light and it makes fun of itself right. and it's intelligent but self-deprecating at the same time. It so comes and, off, and and it goes back to that synergy, getting energy from energy. The idea of watching all of those things and and saying, and then I I look at that and I, but it's, look at the. the this is going to sound so so cliche, but laughter is so contagious, and smiling is so contagious, and the joy that is brought onto the set permeates the production of it. Yes. Uh, because you look at that, and you look at somebody like Roseanne and that show later on mm. in its incarnation, and go, no one's fucking happy on that show. Yeah. That show is a tight butthole. I mean, that's what that show is. And to look at that and go, because. Uh, you know, I was on that show. I, I did. I did a guest on you that know, show. You know, so just I want to give you a little lesson in yeah. the tight butthole, loose butthole thing, because I think maybe you used the term tight butthole wrong. So I just yeah. want to give you a little mm -hmm. workaholics education, if you don't mind. So tight butthole is very good. Got it. Tight I wasn't butthole using is it in like that what we all strive for. Okay, great. Is tight great, butthole great. loose, loose butthole, butthole? Not so much. Doesn't sound good. Yeah. Just think about it in your mind. Right. If you had a really loose butthole, I know. Not good. Time. I got to tell you, my dog, um, who's old, will sleep. And he will poop in his sleep. Loose butthole. Loose butthole. <laughs> and you go, and thank God it's always hard. Because I know it's going, okay, Is that here we go. Really? That's if it was loose stool and loose butthole, oh my God. at least oh. it's tight stool, loose butthole. Much better combination. I like that. I like that. So I'm going to talk, but I'm <laughs> less about butthole. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, okay. No, We're going to keep no, the butthole. No, for me, I'm just I'd like trying. to keep that ball I, in the air. I'd like to keep that ball no, in the air. I'm going to keep the ball in the air by saying <laughs> the vernacular that I was using was the old school definition of tight butthole, where you go. It's like that like, show. Like, is just, like yeah, everybody. Tense. Well, yeah. the show that I was on, it was a. Halloween show that she was supposed to have written, Roseanne was supposed to have written it and directed it, and that neither of those things were true being on set. And I think that John Goodman walked off and Laurie Metcalf walked off oh, that no. fucking day on that show. And we were supposed to, I was supposed to get one day or two days out of it. I was there for five days, living in those fucking honeypots on Radford in the heat of August or September, and it was just so hot there, and we were just waiting for the cast to come back. And we went wow. to the, and we're just like, like, like we went to there, and we ate over there, and we were in costume, and we were like, hey, let's go over our lines, and nobody had a phone, and you had to read books. What? 
And there was and they, magazines. And they just had you, that's really interesting that they just had you there on the off chance. Like as soon on, as they could get them there, you right, would start rolling. Right, 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 right. And I remember it was my dad's 60th birthday and uh, I was supposed to go to Chicago. It's like, I can't be here this entire time. But it was such a bad feeling. Yeah. And did you have that? Did you? Did you have that at Second City where the show that we all did in Detroit mm -hmm. was just so positive and I looked at other shows that I directed over there and I was like, that's not, that's not, that's not anymore. The, the biggest, I would say the biggest thing that impacted the, the, the content of the show or the energy of the show, honestly, that I can remember is when I did Red Scare with McNapier and it was right out of George Bush being reelected. Right. And that was just, a, we were all, but we bonded together in our anger right. and, and frustration at the world and about what was happening in our country. And it, you look at that show and it's just angry top to bottom. Right. I mean, it was just wow, monologues wow, like wow. Of, of us depicting, just us getting all of our frustration out. And, right. and I, this is an interesting story I can share with you. With you. Um, during Red Scare 2, I started... Who's in the um, cast? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Sure. It was uh, myself, Claudia Wallace, uh -huh. Antoine McKay, Gene um, Villapique, mm -hmm. Brian Boland, and Brian Gallivan. Okay. And um, and I this was my first show, Brian Gallivan's first show, Claudia's on the first main show stage. on the main stage in Chicago. Right. Uh, and um, I actually had a stalker... Um, start uh, bother like I received like three or four different letters written to the theater to my home left on my car um, I was getting emails from a fake email address that were just um, horrible I mean it was it was the biggest fear as an actor like everything someone could say um, they were saying to me you know you you're the worst thing that ever happened to this theater you're destroying this theater why don't you just leave we all laugh at you um, you what you think is improvising is a joke like we you have no idea how hated you are I mean just think about it you're like like uh, think of like just think of any like the the buttons that someone could just destroy you with mm -hmm. whoever was doing this was uh, knew exactly what to say to me and I have theories about who I think or why I think that happened, but um, they fr and they the worst part about it was they framed it in this we context. So it was we wow, whoever was doing it. It was like it's a group of us that are getting together and right. doing this, which was the worst. And at the time, so I got the first letter like probably a month before we were supposed to open. I only showed it to Mick Napier and Jennifer. I didn't tell anybody because I was, and Mick confirmed Jennifer. this. Jennifer Estlin. Okay, sorry, Mick's, it was Mick's yeah. Fiance. And Mick was like, if you tell anybody about this or you let anybody know this is happening, they win. They, they see that you've broken down. They see that it's bothered you. They see that you are affected. If it affects your show, if it affects your work, you know, they, they win. They're going to they're gonna try to ruin your chances to do as good of a job as you can do. So I was like, fine, I'll keep it a secret. And I'm just dying, you know, like every day going home and crying, waiting for the next thing to happen. And... And all that, but because of that, and I think coupled with what was happening and the subject matter that we were dealing with, I think out of all of the material I've ever written or done, that show is probably some of my my most deep, like, anger-filled, spiteful material I've ever done. And just, if I, I mean, to sum it up, it was just my biggest fuck you I've ever written in any of my material, which was really ex awesome because, you know, from working with me, I was always like, fun characters right. and, and really trying to create some unique uh, characters and usually big, goofy, broad, kind of high energy. And um, these people were just awful. Wow, you know, like wow, just wow, awful wow. and angry. How did it go and... away? Did it go away? It just went away? It, um, you know, I never found out who did it 100%. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I have my theories. Um, but, you know, Jennifer was actually really wonderful and she loves solving mysteries. Right. <laughs> She's a big mystery person. And right. so she actually, all I ever found out was she traced the um, one of the emails that I received back to a Kinko's in Wrigleyville. So that was the closest I ever got to the person. So whoever was doing it was going to the Skinkos, but that's really... And then I know that um, Kelly Leonard at the same time was receiving the, the, the letters. The producer at Second City. The producer at Second City, yes. Mm -hmm. um, was receiving letters and also receiving emails of a very vicious nature. Mm -hmm. So we kind of have come to it that it. maybe it was the same person, mm -hmm. um, but we're just not, I'm not really sure. I'll never really know. But um, it is one of the, oh, and this is the, the, the kicker of the whole thing. So then Red Scare opened, and then I was invited out to New York to uh, audition for Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. And um, 
every five minutes, my entire day of my audition, someone would call me and hang up, call me and hang up, call me and hang up, call me and hang up every five minutes. Wow. And it was, and it was like, to the point I finally turned off my phone, just endless. And you know, Look at what you remember of that audition. What a fucker. I know. What a fucker. I didn't, you know, I will say I think my audition, I really own that. Like, I did not let it affect me. Mm -hmm. I did not get the job, so that should tell you about the audition. No, I'm just kidding. You don't know. Maybe they'll call you. Yeah, maybe. You never know. I think that ship sailed, but you never know. Um, But it it wasn't the best. It wasn't my best work. Uh, But I, I really own that myself. Like, I really think I was able to go that person, if that's, that per if that is what that person needs to be doing right now, like I feel bad for them. Right. I genuinely feel bad for them if that's how they want to spend their day. Right. Just t- trying to throw me and torture me. Like how sad. And it and it really. I mean, at the end of the day, I uh, it, it has nothing to do with you. No. It no. has nothing to do with you. No. And that's that's the hardest thing where you're going. It's affecting me, but it has nothing to do with me. It is not who it is that I am. It's something that is happening to me, but it's not who I am. Does that make sense? Exactly, exactly. And I think the, the, the way to look at all those things, like so many things that happen to us, we go, oh my God, that's happening to me. No, it's not. You're choosing to make that happen to you. Yes. And I know that there's certain things like medical emergencies where you go, well, that is happening to you. Well, yeah, yes. it is. It's inside yes. of your skin that that is happening to you and you can't control that. But look at what happened when George Bush was reelected, how it inspired so many people yeah. on so many different levels. And there's a ripple to that. It's sort of like the baby boom, where it's like, like the war is over and then everybody fucks and has babies. And then that, that echo echoes, echoes forever. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And, and the, the Red Scare, there are probably scenes in the Red Scare that somebody will look at and say, that inspired me to do that. Yeah. And to not know, this keeps coming back. Like, we have no idea how we inspire people. We just don't know. I have to know. say, you know, the, and I, this is an interesting story too. So Red Scare, uh, Anders, who yeah. was living in Evanston at the time, uh-huh. came to see Red Scare. And when I walked in for my audition at Workaholics, he, I guess, saw my tape and said, oh my gosh, I've seen her in Second City. Uh-huh. Um, so, and that was a big reason why I got the job because he remembered me from that that show, that experience. Right. So then it's like, then if you get real, you know, I think meta about it or get real like- Universal. Universal, ther- yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess yeah, that meta is the right word, but spiritual, spiritual about, about it. it. You're like, right. well, if I hadn't been being pursued by a rather uh, scary person and, and affected by them, if Bush hadn't been reelected, like all these factors that kind of made that show what it was, I don't know if I would have been as noticeable. I don't know if my work would have been uh, okay, would let's have shined start, the way it did. Let's just say this. Let's just say this. How come? Let's play this. How do you know me? And when I say how do you know me, I don't mean that we met in Detroit. What had to happen to precipitate you and I getting together? And I getting together as you know yes. in a professional way. And looking at that, like what had to happen? Do you understand my yeah. question? Like. When and it and it went all the way back to what? Birth. But, but birth, I mean, but, but certainly there there was a choice our... where you did this that set us on a trajectory to yeah. meet each other. Yeah. And, and everyone you too, has that. You I know, too, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Everyone has that where I look at it and I go, if that hadn't happened, we wouldn't be sitting here, or maybe we would be. Right. I think about I when I was married, I met my wife. Because when I was 14, I went to a Hebrew school on Lake Michigan, and I met my friend Bo, who introduced me to his friend Al, whose girlfriend was Rhonda, who I went to college with. Rhonda opens up a cafe in Chicago, Kopi, and Katie works there. Wow. Okay, so I met Katie when I was in my 30s, because when I was 14 or 13, wow. I went to that Hebrew school. Do you understand what I mean? That's a really awesome exercise. And for, so, <laughs> so. That I would like to do with my life more. I can't say that I have. But, but and that's that, and really people don't impressive. look at that where you yeah. go, what was it? Not that it matters because you can't change it. And there's a lot of it. other things as well. But, Certainly. But, but, you know, the reason that you and I are sitting here is yeah. because something happened. And one of the reasons that you and I are sitting here is because I got a divorce. Yeah. And to look at all those things. So if you want to look at something and say, it's horrible, you got to pull yourself away from that and say, 
Okay, at that moment that was painful, yeah. and that's okay. But what became of that? Mm -hmm. Bush was reelected. Now that was horrible. But what became of that? Mm -hmm. And you look know? at where we are now. Clearly. Yeah. And look at, so you go, right, right. Mm -hmm. So if you say, I mean, even Gore was not elected. Look at where we are now. Mm -hmm. Because if Gore was elected, would we be where we are right now? Exactly. And we are so further away. There's so many things that are being surrendered in our universe right now. I'm going to get become that guy. There's so many things <laughs> that are being surrendered in our universe right now. The idea of the angry white man, the white man, the angry white man, the way that we're looking at the environment, the way that we're looking at women's rights, the way that we're looking at women's bodies, the way that women look at women, and all of that. The women look at their own bodies and their empowerment and all that sort of stuff. That's huge shit. And you are a... You are a model for so many people. Oh, you well, know that, thanks. right? Thank Don't you. you think? It's hard for me to say that, but uh, no. Thank but, you. but the thing is that 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 I, I and I I don't mean for you to go to get such a big head. Sure. But you have inspired so many people by by following this path and not questioning it. You never question it, as far no. as I knew. You never question it. Never. You never felt that you didn't belong there or doubted yourself. And when you work with somebody like that. It's such a different fucking ball game because you just go, I'm going to do this. That's what I'm going to do. Gonna you don't do, choice. I'm going to do this. I hope she likes it. You go, I'm going to do this. And the next thing is you try that. Yeah. And, now, and no fear of failure. I mean, I, I yeah. I think, uh, you know, I like to joke that the 20s, like anybody's 20s, you have this absolute, uh, you have no fear of failure. Like, I feel like I would have done anything and not even given a thought to how I looked or how I was perceived and it gets a little harder when you get older. I think right. I've noticed in my 30s it's a little bit more like, oh, this could really impact a lot of things. <laughs> like if I just do whatever I want in this situation, I might not work again. So let's just not do my first choice right, and I'm going right. to edit myself now. Right. Uh, but you know, 20, in your 20s, it's like Catherine O'Hara actually had a great quote on the, one of the 50th um, interviews where uh -huh. she said, Second City 50th. Yes, yeah. thank you for clarifying for the listeners. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, but she had this great thing where it was like they just gave us Second City gave us a playground for for us twenty somethings to just live in our ego, to just let us live in our ego, mm -hmm. and whoever gets that opportunity, right. and it, it it and then to create shows out of you know this fearless ego that we had and let us run wild right, and right. then you get older and realize like that won't work forever right <laughs> but right. it did it created amazing things in the time that it was and supposed to and the producers to. that we've had like joe joe james right yeah he was a producer that yes. time wasn't he yeah joe james to go this is what you know there are certain guidelines that we're going to have but i'm going to fucking fight for you yes. i'm going to fight yes. for you and joe joe needs to be more back Pat padded yeah I you know agree. really really does he's the reason i'm i'm I got my career, honestly. He's like one of those, I, I, I had like a month of experience as far as like improvising. I should not have had that job. Right. Like on paper, I should not have been hired on the main stage in it's Detroit. It's so funny because uh, 25 minutes ago, Susie Nakamura was saying the same thing. Oh, how funny. Yeah, not about you, but about, about her. her getting about the her. job in Detroit? Yeah, no, uh, no oh, about, about her being hired in general. She's yes. never had any, she never went to classes over there. Yeah. She never took classes over there, but the same sort of thing. So we're talking about Joe, you and Joe, Joe Jane's like having faith in you. Yes, just having immense faith. I, I had an audition process at the Second City Detroit that was like two weeks long. Mm -hmm. And I improvised with the set, or with the cast, like five times, and he hired me based on those improvisations. Right. Which is, that would never happen now. Like, the benches are so deep now. Right. Well, Detroit's not even there anymore, but that would never happen in Chicago. Right. You really have to pay dues and, and be in the community. And, um... Everything okay? Everything okay? <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. And so it was. It was just it, Joe Jane's. I God bless him because he was just like, "You're a great fit, and we're gonna see how this goes." And congratulations, and have fun. And oh I just really love that guy. I, I mean, too. took a chance on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 Cheryl Sloan was the same. Mm. Did you know Cheryl? I know Cheryl. Yeah. Yeah. But Cheryl was the same at Sex City Northwest, where she says, "Do whatever it is that you have to do." Should we stop? Cheryl was just so She's great. She's great. She was so great, and Joyce was 
Yeah, How Joyce. are you doing with all with Joyce's passing? And I don't oh, know that we ever. Yeah, I don't know that we ever she was really. Very Ill. Yeah. She was ill, and you know the more she I. She were pretty close with her, right? I was not that close. With oh, her. you weren't that close with no, her. Oh, okay. I was not that close with her. Other people were like I know. Beltsman and. Beltsman and Rose Abdu. Yeah, and Belushi. Danny Adams and Belushi certainly. Yeah. Um, those people were a lot closer to her, but uh, I always looked at Joyce, and I don't know if. If I've told this story, but if it, uh, we were we were just so, were, are we set? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, do you want to change her, swap her battery out too? No, I already done. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. um, the thing about Joyce Sloan, the the, the the producer, the the late producer emeritus of Second City, was how she would look at somebody and just go, "I want you in it. I want you in." And mm -hmm. and, and yeah. And. You might not have had faith in yourself, but she had faith in you. Yeah. And because she had faith in you, that gave you faith in you. And because you had faith in you, your work then, and again, going back to the idea of opening yourself up, you were then able to go, I want to do that, and I can do that, and I can do that, and I can do that. And the scenes that we did mm. were... <sighs> We just said yes to everything, mm -hmm. except shitty scenes. <laughs> and those things we didn't well, say yes to. Well, sometimes we would even say yes to those shitty scenes. I know. Like, okay, we need something for the set, so let's do it. Right. We're, we're at a McDonald's. I'm ordering. Let's go. Right. You know, like no, no, uh, no other idea outside of that. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is called McDonald's, right. and I'm and ordering. And what are we gonna food. call? We call it McDonald's. We're gonna see if it can go. Okay, and go, <laughs> and go. Uh, I, I always go back to the idea of going back to the idea of the things that you think are fucked up things in your life always bring something better out of it. And I look at my my marriage and people go, well, yeah, but you got divorced. And it's like, you know what? My divorce just opened me up to so much. Just open, and I talk about it a lot because it's such a seminal thing in my life. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't look at any moment that I had, I don't, she might, with regret. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, you know, going through what I had gone through in my, my marriage dissolving, there were definitely, it just, I really think that the time in which, you know, my ex-husband and I were together and all the transitions we had made in that time from Chicago to LA and careers blooming and really solidifying, um, solidifying exactly what we wanted to do with our lives and how hard we wanted to go at those things. Right. On both, both ends, you know, right. not just mine, but, but his, his pursuit of his career, I think it was a matter of mutual respect, mutual love, but just ultimately not connecting in a way where one could support the other the way the other one needed. Right. And and I think we both made immense mistakes out of that whole situation. But I don't. As far as regret, I I can't. You know, he even said we said to each other that we had the journey we were supposed to have. Right. We had the right. journey we were supposed to have with each other. Of course, we had hopes and dreams that that journey would have been longer, could have been, but I do really believe that we, I know I benefited him in many ways, and I know he benefited me in right. many ways. And not that that's what a marriage is about, but ultimately we gave the gifts to each other that we needed to give. Right. And now it's, we were, we're able to move on and make choices that are where we're at now. Right. And I just couldn't, I don't think we could have done that together. There was a there was a time where I hoped that even when things were falling that. apart, that maybe you know we can figure this out and maybe we can make it work. But he was very steadfast in his, you know, his decision that we we had the, the journey had been done. So, and I I thank him for that because I think if I if he would have bent a little bit and said. Sure, let's try to see if we can figure this out. I, I wouldn't be at the place that I'm at now, which is so much more self-assured and confident right. and happy and moving forward in a way that's healthy. Look and then, the gift that he gave you. Yeah, that. it was a huge gift. What an amazing gift that he gave you. Very big, huge gift. Right, and and uh, and 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 also for you to pull back and go, look at the huge gift that he gave. Yeah. I and mean, he gave a huge gift, but it's also. 
you recognizing because yes. the moment that you recognize that he gave you that huge gift you bring peace to yourself yes. and you bring groundedness to yourself and you bring openness to yourself and, and in that way you're not and it's what you said earlier about carrying baggage around yes, you know exactly. you're not carrying that around because so many and people forgiving yourself oh my and god and forgiving others but forgiving yourself i mean i i really think that's the hardest thing i've had to be able to do is forgive myself for for big life choices that went awry and also the tiniest things, right. you know, how I got to your place today. Like right. I should have took, you know, <laughs> should have took the fountain, you know, whatever. But like the littlest things, right. it's like I need to be able to go. Well, the way that I treat certain people, like why did I not, why did I say that to the person yes. bagging my groceries? Who the fuck yeah, who cares? cares about that? I mean, that's part and of their day. they're bagging groceries. Dave. Right, right. But I, I can't even look at that because they're probably the best bag grocery bagger yeah. around. But here's the thing about groceries baggers most are fucked up most of the people it's like do not why bananas on the bottom what are you doing now here's the thing when I put my groceries when I take it out of the cart everybody's got to fucking know this when I take it out of the cart I am putting it on the conveyor belt the way that I want you to put it in the bag oh real smart I am not right? that organized well and neither are the people that are getting <laughs> it because they're going here here why did they put it in this order you know why because the but cans then, but, go on the bottom but you're not the <laughs> But you're not tight. Just like an actual can is on my bottom. Right. I got a bottom that's a, in a tight ass. It's a can. tight butthole. Right. Tight, tight butthole. Can. Yeah. Um. But but I, but that's really smart. Now, do you ever stop to go? Do you, have you ever which go? Oh well, they clearly must know better than I. I used when to. When you're lining it up. Oh, I now, used to. That, no, that I don't. I don't now. Shattered. Now I don't. Now I don't. I don't. Do you have you said it out loud? No. I'm putting the well, I mean no, I'm just well, saying well, that might be a new tactic. Because to I don't want to go uh, and for me I'll go, it's not that far away from here to there, but every once in a while I'm surprised and someone goes, Oh look at the way the G packs like yep. Do you bring your own bags? Oh yeah. My my I, biggest frustration is like I know I have enough bags because I've done this before, and I'm never. I, you buy the same stuff. You kind of right. know. Oh, how I much know. Groceries you're gonna get. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like don't waste my bag space. Like do one not waste my frozen bag space. pizza in one bag. Oh, like, clearly no, no, no. And for me, I'm looking at people up. going, "You are getting all that shit, and you didn't bring your own fucking bag. You know what, what the I, fuck is wrong with you? You know what I know you're thinking in your head. I hope you get a motherfucking pain exactly. in your motherfucking right. arm that the motherfucking doctor can get rid of. I've That's what it. I know. I've changed it. I've oh, you changed it? I've changed it. it. I ch this is my new thing right okay. now. Right? You should get a speck in your eye that no one can get out. Oh, that's Where you worst. go, there's something in here. Would you take a look at it? It's like, I looked, Jerry. I looked. It's like, look again. It's like, have you been to the doctor? That I have. They don't see anything. It's like, it's right there. I fucking feel it. It's like, I'm sorry. And here's another one that you should get. Do you hear that ringing? That's another one. You should get a sound in your ear that no one else hears. And you go, it's fucking, it's there. It's like, there's no sound. That I'm is sorry, Jerry, there's no sound. That's a life of hell. That's, that's a lifetime. That's it. That's a hellish that's lifetime. Yeah. You know what I just was Not a bad thing. It's not like night. burning hell, but go ahead. But yeah. No, not burning hell. No, just not burning hell. It's just an annoying hell. thing. It's like, Jesus Christ. Oh, here's another one. There's something sticky on your arm that you can't get off. Oh, that's you know what I mean? Worst. Sticky. For me, hell is sticky. Sticky, sticky. or hell is like or sticky, like just a you, smidge what? of pain. Just <laughs> well, a, a smidge just of a... pain. There's different hells for different people. Yeah, yeah. For me, it'd be like oh, Jesus Christ. You know, I just got these. They're, they're so sticky. Yeah. Like oh, I gotta wash my hands. It doesn't come up. Anyway, you're gonna say something. I was gonna say well, this is. Kind of, I'm gonna take this in a dark turn, but I didn't know that when I, wa I watched this documentary on the whole Waco thing the other night, uh -huh. I did not know that that for hours they played like a phone busy signal oh yeah that they just projected horrible mm. sounds yeah. in order to try to drive them out yeah. like the same song over and over I think and they over did it again in Libya. i think they did it in libya too i or somewhere i, I must be under a rock because i yeah. was like that's brilliant like peaceful yep. means to try to get people out of a situation and right. it's so annoying yeah like a phone ringing a over busy signal a busy signal i Sorry, think that yes. well nowadays i don't think anybody knows what a fucking busy signal is yeah it's true that's true well yeah, no, but when was the last time you heard a busy signal well, or a dial tone? You hear a tone. You hear a tone with um, Do you hear a tone? like when you when a call like a call waiting, like call when waiting. you're on your iPhone and someone's calling in. You hear right. like a tone. Yeah, but I think a busy signal people aren't going to get, or the sound of a phone off the hook. That's true. That's true. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, uh. No one knows that. No one knows that. I think that I'm always intrigued by those sort of things. The idea of a, 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 you sound like a broken record. Like people go, "What the fuck does that mean?" Or like a yeah, yeah, yeah. or dial-up yeah. modem. Even right. That oh my yeah. god, I thought dial-up modem. I love that sound. Me too. Right. Me too. Me too. It's like it's so working. <laughs> It's I'm working. so close to be able to making one move until I have to wait another 10 minutes until that web 
Parasite pops up. <laughs> Look at the world we live in right now. Yeah, it's crazy. The navigation system alone on my Prius is like magic. I I'm like, love this is that. magic. Right, right. I love that. I love the Prius too. I love the Prius. I know that it's like, I, I no, you know what? I don't feel, I don't feel like, Oh, I'm a consumer. Because if I was going to look at something, somebody say, "What do you need right now? What do you want right now? What thing do you need right now?" I would really have to think about it. Yeah. Mine would all be very like emotional based. Like what? <laughs> like happiness. Right, right. But it's not like we're going to go to the store. Do you want to yeah, pick I up don't, something yeah, up for it's you? Never like, we're going to fries. Do you I want need to a flat some? screen TV. Right. Like I know, yeah, no. I'm not really Where do you stuff live? based. I live in Los Feliz. Oh, I love it over there. Love it. Yeah. I really love We've it. We've been there since May. Andy and I are living together. Oh, right. Yeah. Did you get your own place or his place? We got our own place. You got your own place. We got our own place because yeah. we were both in studios, so we had to, we had to have uh -huh. more space. Isn't yeah. that great to be able to, like, to start over right from there? Excellent, yeah. Oh, I it's love excellent. it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I did this thing, and maybe I mentioned it on the <laughs> I've been talking so much lately. Um, this <laughs> thing called Fuck That Book. Did I, t did I talk about the Fuck That Book? This no. is Fuck That Book. This is the Fuck That Book thing. Um, on your nightstand, there's a book. That you will never finish reading. Yeah, I know. Fuck that book. Just get rid of it. Get rid of the fucking yeah. book. There's a book on, in your in your shelf. There's a book that you um, bought that you're never going to start, or you are never going to reread that, or you are never going to finish it, or you just fuck that book yeah. and get rid of it. Get rid of it. I get rid of eight boxes of books. Your aspirations for being a different person that would enjoy that book are futile. Oh, exactly. Right, right, <laughs> so, right, 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 right. You are not the person right. you Dick, thought you were gonna, enjoying no, no, that No, exactly. And I think that that's a huge and it's, thing. It's, it's like, a big play on your, on yourself, on your, I think it's a, con you're right. It, like, fuck that book because it's a constant reminder of a failure. Right, right. <laughs> and the fact that, you, you know, you weren't the person you thought you were right. that might enjoy that book. Exactly. Where so you it's go, questioning you know what I'm everything about yourself just by looking at that book. It's so I think that's brilliant. freeing to go fuck that book and to get rid of those books right then and there. But get you rid do, of them. But you have to admit, you have books that you're like, this is the kind of book I wish I... But like, you this, know what? This is the kind of book I wish personified who I am. Oh, clearly. You can <laughs> hold on to that. I didn't say fuck all books. Fuck that book. No, no, no. But the books you'd never read. But oh, you, right. Like, they just got... I do think there's books that just make me feel good that I have them in my totally collection. Totally understand. There's a book <laughs> that I have... But I've never read them. There's a book that I bought at Marshall Fields called How to Read a Book. And it's a great book, and it's and it doesn't teach you how to read. It's like how to read a book. I believe that that's the name of it. And one of the things that they said in that book was, if you like the cover of a book, buy that book. If you will never read that book, buy that book and hold on to that book. Buy a book, um, buy a book because you thought you always wanted to read that book. And if you're not going to read that book, get rid of the book. Here's another thing: if you're not going to read the book, get rid of the book. Yeah. Write yeah. in the book. Tear a page. Carl the page. Oh my God, I just love it so you much. You love it. I it's very it so empowering. Much. It really you, is. Can you share with me the last of the book that you got rid of? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. What was it? It was uh, <laughs> uh, the, civil, uh, the, the last remaining Civil War widows reveal, Widow Reveals All. It's an 800-page wow. book. Wow. I'm 400 pages in this book, and I go, fuck that book. <laughs> fuck those people on that book. Fuck that book. And you know, you know, because I'm going. You told that Civil War widow to go fuck herself. To go fuck herself. And here's the thing about the Civil War widow. I'm sorry, you had fucking slaves. Fuck you and fuck that book. And I'm going. Oh, Why do I care so about this that? isn't like a Yankee. No, it's oh, a Civil yeah, War. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. A yeah, Confederate. Oh, you know yeah, that's a Confederate. it. Confederate okay. Civil War widow. The last remaining. The last remaining Confederate Civil War widow. See how I just on? assume things about you? No, I'm like, it was this really clearly good. must be a no, I didn't Yankee <laughs> exactly. uh, like, perspective. No, no, for me, that would be interesting. Yeah. But, but it's like, and now I, I don't feel sympathy for her. I don't feel sympathy for yeah. her husband. I don't feel sympathy when he died. And I'm 800, 400 pages into an 800-page book. And you know what I did? Fuck that you book. You fucked that book. I said, fuck that book. And you're like, any point you want to go, I'm not going to finish reading this book. You know what? You're not. Good you're for not. you. Good for Fuck you. That book. And you're big, if I remember correctly from my days of you directing me, you are big into characters being likable in some way. They have or to, they uh, have to have, or they have, at least they have to like themselves. Give me a reason <laughs> to watch you. Yes, yeah. And, and, or if you're going to be a jag bag, then, then you be fucking jag sure bag. that you're a jag bag. Great name. It's a great name. I have to remember name. to call one of the boys in a, a future bag. episode. Because a, a jag, jag bag. bag. I'd use jag jagmo. Jagmo is good. That's my, jag jag bag is pretty awesome. Jagbag is is sort of it's a it's a play on jagoff, which is a Chicago yes. word. 
Um, but Jag Bag is, oh my God, it's just so fulfilling to say Jag Bag. Jag Bag. It's real good. It's really good. Cockholster is kind of a go. Cockholster is good. Cockholster. 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 Cockholster is good because really, you kind of. I just got another memory of, um, with the suggestion of. <laughs> It was when we were back in Detroit, and you're like, this is how you guys need to get suggestions. I need to talk to you about getting suggestions. Okay, with the suggestion of uh, cum bucket and your ass, we take you here. That's how I want you to get suggestions, like, the most. <laughs> take these two things. We took the suggestion, you're suggesting it, right. And with this suggestion, and we now take you to... To your ass. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome to here. Welcome to here. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're but just so colorful, Dave. That's the thing. My you're problem just, is I... it's, it's so much personality. <laughs> For one man. I feel like sometimes <laughs> my head explodes. Like I'll be teaching class and I'll go, I fucking can't take my head. It's so awesome right now. My brain is just full of greatness. You know what I mean? And it's then not... does it does it come to here? Does it what go do from brain to mouth easily, do you what? feel like? Because that's a frustrating process when you're like, I have so many wonderful things to share to you, but I just don't know how to communicate it in a way that you'll understand. But you've well, probably got that down. Well, I got that down because I, I, you've I teach, do. You've I, been I teaching teach it for, for so long. Yeah. yeah, and teaching it's also the idea that sometimes you got to go. And then what I want you to do is I want you to go. Would you, you do that right now? not speaking in gibberish to your students. What's that? I'm just saying. This is a suggestion. I don't know if gibberish. Is this what you've been People doing the whole time? People love it. Oh, are you kidding me? People love it. And sometimes it's also the idea of what words want to come out. Let those fucking yeah. words come out. And that's where you get Jagmo. And yes. that's where you get, you know, cock whatever cockholster. Cockholster is so good because it's almost like you're spitting on that person. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's it's um, a lot of K's. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot this is of what, consonants. Any word that you love, this is the way that this is one of my philosophies. Uh, any word that you love, because you like the word it sounds, it, probably you're using the same muscles that you use to kiss. So we're like, oh. like this, like, like purple. Oh. Right. Splendid. Right. Splendid. <laughs> you do not, uh, for those of you listening Splendid. at home, Dave just really tongue, I tongue the air. He tongued the tongue shit the out of the air. Splendid. Splendid. No one says splendid that way. <laughs> but you know but, what? But, I, splendid. but I get it. Yeah. Splendid. Yeah, splendid. Yeah. Like those words that you really like, if you really like them, like uh, there's like everything that you're using is what you use to kiss. Yeah. Blend. 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 <laughs> blend. You blend. like blend. Blend is a good one. I don't know. That's a good I one. Know. I, I think love that it. I'm, right, I think I, I think I'm reverse engineering it now where I'm going blah. Yeah, there you're just you want to put your tongue out. I get it. Moist. Moist is not a good word. It's a good word. It's terrible. It's such a good word. It's Pant such a good panties word. Panties and moist. Panties. Oh, yeah, right, right. right. Worse. Especially when you come from the Midwest and you really can hit that A <laughs> with as much nose as you can muster. Panties. Panties. When you can just get panties. it right up there. Do you know Renee Albert? Yes. So yes. Renee Albert <laughs> introduced me to this horrible phrase that I just love so much. Oh, no. Man gravy. Oh, that's man gravy. <laughs> it's cum. Oh, that is, of course it's come. That is really disturbing. Because <laughs> it's got this uh, sickly sweet connotation. It's like man gravy. Who doesn't like gravy? <laughs> and then you put it in context and it's just... Right, who doesn't like man gravy? Well, most, I don't know, a lot of people aren't going to like Baby man. spit kind of got me. Yeah, baby, baby spit, spit. Baby spit. Baby spit. Baby spit. Baby spit. Yeah. I, and that, and, that, and the, cur the cheese curdle that comes out of a baby, where he's going, and just goes, Burr. yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that. Well, I think in the <laughs> yes, with that noise. But I think they also mean like what makes a baby? It's baby spit. Oh, yes, I see for what a you're man's, saying. Yeah, I see what so you're saying. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. I'll, good we'll baby fix lug. that in post. Like, ba ah. Baby what? Baby spit. Baby lug. Baby lug. Yeah. Baby Luke. Okay, I get you. I get you. So I think I'm about, based just on our podcast, just our conversation here, I think I'm about 10 years old inside. How old would you I'm guess? 12. 12. I'm 12. Okay, I'm you got 12. a couple years out of me, here's, But here's the thing about my, my being 12, because I'm also, I'm 12, and it's also the idea of I'm 12, because right now, like my... I'm always looking at women going, oh, she's pretty. She's pretty. Like that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, like, you have that, like, like, you have that prepubescent Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On. Uh, Rick Overton, uh, when, when he was But you're in a relationship, sorry to interrupt I am, but still, there's certain You still, yeah. I was at a wedding the other, I was at a wedding the other day, and at this wedding, um, uh, Mark DiCarlo got married, uh, Mark and Yanni got married, and at this wedding, 
I was dancing, and I fucking love dancing. I'm really good at dancing. I really like dancing. Now I'm gonna dance. Into I it. am gonna fucking dance. And this woman who I don't know, I was like, everybody, I was with a bunch of people, and they're saying, "We're gonna go now." It's like, okay, I'm gonna go. And I was about to grab my stuff, and this woman came up to me. She goes, "I want to dance with you." And she's an attractive woman, around maybe younger than I am, a little right. And, and I went, I, "I gotta go. I really gotta go. I'd love to dance with you. Let's do it again some other time." She goes, "Now." And because I've watched you dance, and I want to dance with you. And it was a blues song. So it was Ooh. like, and going, okay, let's go. And she immediately had her fucking legs Ooh. up in my wow. junk like that and slow dancing. And I'm going, like, slow dancing and holding on to her like that and really wow. tight and going, well, this is it. You want, I'm going. And she, and I was saying, and I was saying, well, what, uh, why, um, who do you know here? It's like my husband over there, he knows. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. And it's like, well, I'm, what, what? Your I'm husband's like, here? Yeah, her husband's my here. My girlfriend's so he's here? Over there. He's, my girlfriend wasn't there, but it doesn't matter. It wasn't like I was going to do anything. But it's like that, like that. And I was like, so, um, <laughs> it's like, we're really getting like that weird, like almost. Like we should right, but go somewhere. Right. It's one of those things. Yeah. And she, she was, and I said, so what's your name? And, 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 uh, uh, and how do you know these people? It's like, yeah, and then my daughter is over there. I'm going, your daughter's over there. Your husband's over there. And we're doing like. Essentially, a, a, a you southern could be pregnant lobotic. right now, right, based exactly. on what we're doing. And going, yes. and, and so for me, I looked and I go, okay, just me telling this story right now. I'm, I'm out of breath. You are very, I'm you're red. Fucking, I am. You're sweating. It's like, wow, it's a lot going on. Yeah. But I, uh, uh, I don't know how. I, oh, oh, because I was 12, 13, as opposed to 10. Yes. Because yes. 10, I'm not going to get that. But yeah. boys at 12 are just so. Oh, Andy and I have talked about that a little bit of like his like like. 13 to like 16 year old experience where mm -hmm. it was just like sex yeah. like that's just it's also horrible the only thing that colored his existence yeah. and it's just a horrible it's horrible I, I it's, you remember. can't scratch and you don't know how to scratch it and right. you're kind of figuring out how to scratch it but right. then it's not quite what it should be and, and you know that but you don't know you, yeah right nobody's telling you that it's okay whatever you're doing whatever yeah. you're going through right now it is okay yes. whatever you have to do it is okay We've all, and all of these people you, have experienced it yes right. and when you have a kid you're gonna have to go through yeah. all that yeah boy or girl yeah like all that messy dirty Things. The only I know the only thing that scares me about becoming a parent is if if I somehow lost my sense of humor. If mm -hmm. I think I can keep my sense of humor as 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 strong as I, I think it is right now through that child's life, I think we'll be okay. But it's it. I think if I lost my sense of humor, things would be taken too personally. Right. Well, you, <laughs> you know, like I think if I can hang on to that, I'll be okay. You also have somebody with you. I just sounded like the worst parent to be. I'm just gonna laugh at my kid a lot. I mean, if I can just laugh at my kid all the time, we'll be fine. They'll be great. Like, what terrible. Like, I love it. So I should much. give this a couple years. Um, but you're not ready now, though. No, not right now. Yeah, but no, um, yeah. I mean, I am. Like, right. I can. I would. I would love to. But I just kind of feel like want to still take a little bit of time and right. focus on you know career stuff and work and but you're also getting really you you really you're excited about where you are in your life yes, right now yes i'm very and, happy and there right. is a big part of me that's like i think that would make it e i'd be even more happy Isn't but then that, it's like but let me just enjoy this happiness there's a right great now. phrase of uh, that reverend michael Byrne beckwith says and it's uh, replace ambition with gratefulness mm, the mm -hmm. idea of in that moment that you're in appreciate the moment that you have and that's exactly what you're talking about right now that idea just calm I just like the idea of you know I, I feel like some things are paying off a little bit in my life and I just kind of want to enjoy them because I feel like when I do have a child or I bring another responsibility bring such a huge responsibility into my life that will be my number one concern I won't I won't have the luxury of time and enjoying enjoying what has already passed <laughs> oh my god so i, I just want to yeah embrace this but yeah okay let's stop there yay thank you for listening to the add comedy podcast for dave rozowski i'm ian foley for more information on add comedy you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com you can also follow us on twitter at add comedy pod if you're in the los angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with dave you can find that information at his website at www.davidrozowski.com sound services for the add comedy podcast was brought to you by post-apocalyptic